So today is a feast day of Saint uh, Unipor Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. Um, anyhow, I shouldn't have started out that way because I did want to ask, um, test you guys on your knowledge of American history. Because I think embarrassing people, which you know I would never want to do. I do it occasionally. So we'll pick on Carol. Uh, Carol, when was the first Bill of Rights in the United States signed? And who wrote it? And today is the feast day of Yenipo Sarah. Just saying, today is the feast day of Yenipo Sarah. So um, in 1776, you know what happened, right? Uh, independence. But did you guess who wrote the first Bill of Rights? Today's feast day is Juniper or Sarah. Really, I'm handing you it on a platter, Carol. Come on. Okay. Um, who do you think it is? Juniper or Sarah. Oh, God, she got it. Brilliant. Did you know, actually, I'm not kidding. You know the first person to write a Bill of Rights in the United States? Like, he was building those missions while, you know, you know what was going on in the colonial United States, um, independence. But before, the first Bill of Rights was actually written by Unipero Serra. And he wrote it because the Indians were getting persecuted. Um, so, like, I really consider him one of the founding fathers of the United States. Everybody forgets that California had the missions while the colonial United States was going through that. And so Unipo Serra was going through and building all these missions. Um, you know, I forget all of them, but San Diego, Santa Clara, um, you know, right? Are you guys don't know that? Um, San Luis Obispo. Um, I think there's a St. Leonard. Um, anyhow, um, okay, that one might not be. Anyhow, um, why did he write the Bill of Rights? So Yunipur Cerro, he went to convert the Indians. His name was actually Miguel in Spain. And he becomes a Franciscan. He's noted as this great preacher and intellectual professor. But he's a um, Franciscan. And then he uh, takes up and leaves Spain. And when he leaves Spain, he tells his family, I'm not coming back. I'm spending the rest of my life with the Indians. Um, and he goes and... He actually baptizes around 100,000 Indians and builds all these missions. So really, he is a founding father, all these cities. And he chose cities where it was close to a water source and then taught the Indians um, uh, agriculture, converted them. So at his funeral, tens of thousands of Indians showed up because he was known as a holy man. And... Um, the thing about it is, the thing that would upset him was when the Spanish military were cruel to the Indians. That's why he wrote this Bill of Rights. And at one point, he walks clear to the governor to protest the treatment of Indians. Then another time, he walks clear to Mexico City to lodge uh, a complaint about how the Indians are being treated. And Unipo Rosera had this, um, like it was an insect bite or something that was always this wound that never healed, so walking was difficult. And the military, he wasn't really against the military, it's going to sound like that, but it was against the abuse of the Indians. And some who had been abusing the Indians offered him a ride to Mexico, Mexico City, and he refused. 
because uh, he was so ticked off at the abuse. So, builder of cities, founding father, first bill of rights, and a man who literally gave his life to make their lives better. Now, there's this one little dark part of um, in the missions, they had uh, corporal punishment, not for the Indians, for everybody. Uh, it was the same rule that the Franciscan friars lived under, that there is corporal punishment for stealing, etc. But here's the thing, the Indians, their, their corporal punishment laws were far, far more stricter than the Franciscans' rule of life. So every Franciscan has this uh, corporal punishment. Because actually, I've been to Franciscan monasteries and seen it. It's not that. I mean, it's minor. But, and you're wondering, why am I mentioning it? Because in the state of California, uh, did you see a couple years ago in three places, um, forget all three places, that they tried to tear down the statues of Yunipero Serra because they considered him abusive? Like, he's the one who stood up for the Indians. Does that make it? He's the one who converted. They considered him a saint. And so, no offense to Californians, but they're crazy. He would, um, no, I don't mean to be rude, but no, he offered his life for them. And at one, only in one of the places did parishioners, um, Catholics, surround the statue so that it wouldn't. It's such an abuse of history to accuse um, him of hatred towards the enemy, uh, Indians, when he offered his life. And so, like, Kathleen and others have been praying uh, Purdy Unipersera for vocations, but what I love about the story is here you have a guy who, first Bill of Rights, the one who offers his life to convert uh, the Indians, um, and he, he loved them. He wanted to spend his life for them. So that's why tens of thousands showed up at his funeral. And so for Sarah, he wanted everybody to be Catholic. That's why, like, there's such a huge difference between, like, the Protestants who abused the Indians, and yes, the Spanish military did, but not the Catholic Church. Um, we want them to be seen as our brothers and sisters. So he's, to me, he's this great image of evangelization, to be able to want everybody, one family of God. Doesn't matter if you're um, you know, Irish or American or man or woman or even a Californian, that we're all one family. So to me, he's this great image. And it, oddly to me, it works out in the gospel because in the gospel of Matthew, you have the call of St. Matthew. And St. Matthew um, is known as a sinner because he's Jewish, but he's the collaborator with the enemy. He's a tax collector. And he's in really this prime spot uh, in between two areas, fishing area. So it's a key money-making area for him. And tax collectors, not only were they collaborators with the Romans, so they're enemies, but they also skimmed off some of the money for themselves, and uh, they dealt with Gentiles, so that's against the Jewish law as well. So he would have been greatly rejected. But you know, Jesus doesn't reject anyone. Jesus casts no one out. So he calls Matthew, and the Pharisees get upset with this. And the Pharisees, their idea of religion is circle the wagon. 
that God loves us, God doesn't love those people. And so when the Pharisees get upset that Jesus eats with Matthew and other people they consider sinners, they start to complain to the disciples. And Jesus says, he quotes a line from Amos, the first reading, that what God wants is not sacrifice, but mercy. And that line from Amos, if you're, Malcolm did a great job reading it, it's this line that it's speaking about religious corruption. A lot of people want to uh, cover up the corruption of their heart with a lot of, and I hate to use the word piety because I believe in piety, but fake piety, fake reverence to, you know, this big show of religion. But it says they're just waiting for the Sabbath to get over so they can cheat more people out of money. They have no love. They have no care. It's just who's, who can they reject? Who can they cheat? And the Pharisees, Jesus' comment, quoting that, is the Pharisees, they're great at putting on a show of religion, but they really don't love other people. And so Matthew has his sins, but the greater sin is to be a Pharisee. The greater sin is to say, oh, I'm very religious. And then you think you have a right to reject other people. Um, going back to Unipur Sarah, the soldiers could call themselves Catholic, but they believed that they could abuse the Indians. It's Sarah who stood up to them. Like, to me, that gospel still lived at the time of, of Unipur Sarah. You can say that you're Catholic and abuse people, or you can be like Unipur Sarah and say, I want everybody to belong to one family and try and defend other people. And it's still alive today. You still have Catholics who want to say, well, we're the good people and we don't want those type of people in the church. Why wouldn't we want to be like Sarah and say we want everybody's life treated with respect and the dignity of all human beings? Um, there's still Pharisees alive today that only think religion is a show. If you share in the Eucharist, let us be like Unipur or Sarah. Let us want to enfold everybody into the Catholic Church. Everybody be seen as our brothers and sisters. That's a sanctity of life. Now, that's really standing up for social justice, not tearing down statues.